Nobody checking for me. Pod starts right now. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. And just like the last time and the next time, I am so excited. You're pushing back against the title and checking for us today. Rachel, my goodness, my friend. Great to be in the virtual studio with you today. How are you feeling? I am feeling, I'm actually kind of feeling kind of hopeful. Did you see that the CDC uh, greenlit indoor hangs for vaccinated people and for like vaccinated people and unvaccinated but low risk people. So I could come over your house. Hey. We finna uh bust open some uh cooking. You know what I'm saying? Right. A lot, lot more than just the potatoes. You know what I'm saying? We get the right. seasoning. Uh, uh, mask off, fucking mask off. We kicking it. Uh, virtual studios getting back tangible. You're- mask so lamente off. Yeah, no, it's I'm real hyped off that. I I do think I do feel weird about indoor eating though. NYC is really out here back indoor eating. Have you been like queuing no, into that? No, I have not. Wait, people are like like inside with the doors and the windows closed. It- closed, super closed. I was uh in Chelsea Market over the weekend, which I don't know if you've ever been there. It's kind oh, of yeah. just like yeah, yeah, people know Chelsea Market. For for listeners who don't know, Chelsea Market is like a classic air market, and you can like buy right. a but like closed air market, like indoor market. You can right. buy like your knickknack patty wax and like your there's like a lot of different food offerings, and people because this is like a dining hall, like people were very much unmasked, but like, not even like, Oh, you know, like I'm gonna stay masked and like, wait for my food to come. And then I will unmask and eat my food. And then I'll mask re up. Like not, it was not that behavior. It was fully like, well, indoor dining's back. And it is now a safe place for people who just don't want to wear masks at all. And I'm like, damn, that is wild. Like you are uh, making workers sick is kind of how I feel about it. Yo, for real, just like mm, chewing on a bit longer problem. You know what I mean? Like just keep dining on this issue for a bit. (laughs) Am I right? Uh, It's unfortunate that COVID has become a 13 course meal. Mm-hmm. In terms of the months we've been fucking around with this. <laughs> right. They keep bringing dessert, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that man. is. I know. I was like prepping and I was like, damn, I only got COVID to talk about. Here we go. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but it's so, it was just so vile. And it's also just like when you indoor dine, there's like a real... It's just like the class discrepancy between those who are masked and unmasked is just like there it is all out there because it's like you got the finance bros who came there to, you know, go bare naked lady with their mouth out. And then it's (laughs) like who's serving them like essential fucking waiters and waitresses who can't catch a bone from the from the feds. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Right. Wait a minute. Are our restaurant uh, workers on the vaccine list, high up on the vaccine list, or was that just teachers and old people? Uh, judging by the fact that teachers have not even gotten all theirs, I highly doubt that that, that restaurant workers 
uh, have, but you know, they can't collect, you know, that good, good unemployment. So it's like, what are they going to do? They got to go back. Right. Right. Well, I'm just a begrudged citizen today, you know, (laughs) you know, well, on the opposite end of that 2021, I'm trying to get thematic with my monthliness, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, last month and every day is black history month. It is still women's history month. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, I've been checking for some really entertaining women recently, um, today and in these past few days, I've been checking for Regina King. Um, and not for the reasons that one might think, which are uh, one night in Miami. Which you didn't it, like. <laughs> which I, I, you know, I, it wasn't for me. You were like, I, I, I wasn't trying to see a play. It was how you felt. I wasn't, yeah, you, I just wasn't, I wasn't trying to, it was very theatrical. Uh, right. And also, yeah, I, I don't even think it was one night in Miami so much as it was like it's a drama. And there's mm-hmm. just so much drama. In the world that Mm -hmm. I'm like kind of cool off that. But I've been checking with Virginia King because I've been watching the Boondocks recently. And uh, she just has a fantastic job playing two separate little boys. You know what I mean? Like uh, Huey and Riley. Huey, who I aim to be for uh, the Friday night of Halloween weekend, and Riley, who I aim to be for the Saturday night of Halloween weekend. Perfect. Um, because the fro and the braids, I'm trying to, you know, go both ways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Regina King really been on her queen shit for a tray long time. So, been checking for her. And if you haven't seen the Boondocks, go check it out. And if you haven't seen uh, One Night in Miami... I suppose go check it out. Yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, uh, uh, wait, where are you watching Boondocks? On HBO Max. Shout out my big brother for uh, passing along that password. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I too have Max. Shout there out my mom for passing it on. Don't shout out my dad who kept saying he was going to give me the login and then didn't. Um, mm. Just classic move. But here's what I'm feeling is we got a bone to pick. We had a bone to pick with someone, something, something that has been done, that's been done far too frequently. Am I right or am I wrong, Cody? You know what? I am certainly sniffing up some bullshit. I can smell it. And we definitely, we gotta, we gotta go, we gotta go handle that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta step out, put your mask on and go square up. It's time for Gibbs of the Week. of the week gives of the week we're in here we're sizzling we're burning them to a crisp and who's getting it this week people who wear masks below their noses okay people who wear masks below their noses you need to get your big close buddy but no cigar you almost had it on right okay you were this close 
Wearing your mask below your nose is like a fucking rim shot that doesn't go in with your real ring no neck ass. Okay. And a lot, okay, I know what everyone's thinking here. A lot of people might say, Rachel, go easy on them. The mask might not fit. To which I say, you can get your real. I'm wearing my little brother's mask today because I forgot my own titty ass. Look, friend, foe, fellow New Yorker, I'm going to need you to go ahead and get the next size up or down, okay? Because saggy mask syndrome will be the death of us all. And if you're in a pinch, here's what I suggest. Jimmy rig that bitch behind your ears, make a little loop-de-loop, loop-de-lie, because I am not trying to share air with you, random cheese vendor at the grocery store I go to who wears his mask below the nose. And I know what you listeners are thinking. You're thinking, Rachel, 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 you need to get your real unessential ass talking out your neck about this goddamn American hero who provides artisanal Gouda to all of Leftford's garden while you sit on your trash throne and suckle from the teat of your daddy, Uncle Sam. Yes, I see you. I feel you. And yes, you are partially correct. But on the other hand, I'm going to need these rogue-nosed partial maskers to CDCD's facts, okay? Wearing a mask below your nose is not much better than wearing no mask at all. And I'm not trying to do the pandemic version of letting some strangers hit it raw. Next. Yo, yo you heard that? She <laughs> says, CDCD's facts, boy. <laughs> CDCD's. <laughs> what are you talking about? Loop-de-loop the mask one more time, yo. <laughs> Oh, loop-de-loop, loop-de-lie. Cody, tell them. Tell them what it is. Yo, people who wear your mask below your nose, get your big, I'm a mouth breather, but I look like sniffles. Illness inviting <laughs> ass out of here. Okay? The New York subway says, if you see something, say something. But I refuse to get within even shouting distance of your stupid ass to try and save you from yourself. Because frankly, we're all better off without you. I mean, yep. if you're going to be a dumbass, just go full dumbass. Mm -hmm. Commit to the bit, either bit, the literal bit of skin between your mustache and your <laughs> eyes, or the theatrical bit of you pretending to be more special than everyone else. Mm. Out here trying to pull up looking like a rebel with half a cause. What you mean, man? Come on. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's been a year and none of us can pull up anywhere because idiots like you refuse to pull up your mask. Get yep. your big, no rules for my nostrils, neck ass out of here. <laughs> but Cody, it's easier for me to breathe like this. For now, Nimrod. The last little inch you refuse to lift your lifesaver up might just leave you or your neighbor within an inch of death. So uh, do us all a favor and take a lap in the traffic, you deep breathing dumb fuck. Okay. <sighs> Let me cool out. Wow. Wow. We did <sighs> that. Okay. Yeah. But you know what else we got to do? What do we got to do? We got to get to a real just mask wearing music making fantastic pair of people who mm. do combine to make our guests you'll hear about them momentarily music come hither
listeners, listen up. We gotta get, we gotta get in the virtual studio today. Not one, but two. We are with the one, the only Ohm. Ohm is a Chicago born, bred, and based rock band. You know, they'd be on their na 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 which is the one song I make when I'm referencing rock music. Okay. In case you guys have been sleeping, wake on up. Ohm is comprised of Seema Cunningham and Macy Stewart. You've likely heard their music everywhere. I'm talking NPR's Tiny Desk Concert, okay? Vice is Noisy, just to name a few. Their second album, Fantasize Your Ghost, was released in 2020. You know, that good old year. But this is a good old album. I have been listening to it a lot these last two days. Uh, Ohm, thank you so much for being here, y'all. Thanks for having us. Hello. Hi. Cody and I took the deep dive into your Wikipedia, which, sure in my opinion, if you got a Wikipedia, I you mean, you know, right, Cody? Like, I mean, talk to if, me about Wikipedias. If you have a Wikipedia, that means somebody out there in the world went on Al Gore's internet and said, people must know. They must know. Someone took time out of the days. And if we know anything, time's fleeting. So, I mean, huh, checked for you know, that, that on the internet, on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Our Wikipedia is, has been a journey for, it, it for a while. Uh, <laughs> for a while, we, we actually used to have an old band name where the H was out front and it was another band. And for a while it was, I think, their bio, but our picture. And then it mm. got really confusing. Yeah. And now... Our Wikipedia is interesting. I, we, we, I, we, we don't know really, who's been who's been editing it. We don't really know how to there. We, we don't we're having words. We're having trouble controlling our Wikipedia <laughs> narrative. Yeah. That's very that website though. Oh yeah. Anyone can pop in. I mean, I could go in and do a number on it after we're done. You know what I mean? If I'm if you I'm feeling. We invite, invite you too. <laughs> yeah. So you got the Wikipedia. You guys got a lot of you know, reference articles on top of that, you know, you guys been going to the places, doing the things, performing the performances. Our question for you out the gate is, in all of your accomplishments, do you all, as own the band, feel checked for? I think what you're asking is, do we get recognized? <laughs> do people recognize? Yes. Hey. And, um, yes. The answer is we've gotten unrecognized before. Is <laughs> kind of. Um, we've we've I've actually been in two scenarios now where our friend VB Lightbody has been with one of us and she got recognized and then she's like, she's oh, like this is oh and just so you know they're an ohm and like, they're like never, never heard, heard of it. it. We're like oh, that's super cool. Um, yeah, no, I think we do feel we do feel love. We feel I think love. we feel very supported. And yeah, yeah it, it, it feels like, I mean, it's kind of hard to feel it right now, I think, because we're, you know, everyone's pretty isolated and yeah, we're not doing our usual thing where we're traveling, you know, across the country and, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing people every night and seeing people at shows. But I think in general, yeah, we feel pretty, pretty checked for. I think people are, yeah. people are listening to us and. Yeah, I think we've we've had navigating. We've had enough, yeah. um, you know, very sweet experiences of like kind of getting to hear from someone that we really didn't know at all. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like I, you know, I either know your music in this way, or it meant something to me, or just I just enjoy watching you perform, or that that you are doing what you're doing, you know. And like, I definitely think in the last year, 
a lot of people have been like checking on us to make sure that we're gonna like keep going and we're like yeah we're there we we got it we're we're gonna you know we'll we'll be there on the other end of this thing so that's dope people are like uh hello the whole world check engine light is on we just wanted to come and make sure yours was still able (laughs) to keep pushing that's what's up got the oil changed we're good Uh, very nice (laughs) very nice so all right for our listeners who are getting blessed with the ohm presence for the first time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can you talk about ohm's vibe in a nutshell uh, which is a, I feel like it's a difficult question. It was, it's a difficult question to answer one because it was a difficult one to think up. And I think like about, like I'm thinking about like uh, if someone were to say like, Cody, what do you think of like uh, Drake? I would say, well, he's a real text me when you get home kind of like uh, singer mm-hmm. vibe. That's that Drake. Mm-hmm. Kid, like for me, I would say like Kid Cudi's a real like, he, he, I mean, he got some bops, but he's really like, woe is me, you know? Like, hey, mm-hmm. talk to us about Ohm's vibe and, and sound a little bit. Yeah. In your own words. I think it's sort of like someone dumps water on your face and tells you to go walk in the garden with them for a couple minutes. Oh, that's so refreshing. For real. Yeah, I, I want somebody to do that to me. Not today, I'm like, wait, like, in what season? In what right, season yeah. does this occur? Season. Um, well, we, we actually were just talking about this. We both feel like autumn is our favorite season because, you know, mm. you got Christmas, you got sweaters, right. you got jackets. I like that breeze that comes in like after it's been yeah. hot for a long time. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, this is not going to last. Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, fleeting, so, the fleeting beauty. Yeah. So a nice, you know. A nice plunge in Lake Michigan, and uh, yeah. and then and then you know you kind of roll around in the grass. So it's got a little bit of that slap you in the face, there's a, and there's a little bit of dirt in there. A little bit and of dirt. You're, you're a little grimy. You might, there might be like a little pile. Of but sand. then also <laughs> there's like some pretty sunsets, some some yeah. birds. We're setting the scene. This is uh-huh. this is actually, yes. Uh-huh. This is yeah. And I'm ready to take the plunge. Yes, Hell yeah, I'm this is it. autumnally delightful. I'm all the way with it. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you want us to, to describe no, that... it in, in, in English words a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, Honestly, this, is, this has been what feels like uh, porn for the blind worthy description. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Of the I'm glad. I'm me. glad. I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Uh, and yeah, you know, melodic, we love melody. We love both of us are deep studies of, you know, every, you know, things poppy and things weird mm-hmm. and things strange and things challenging and, and very accessible. And we kind of like to bring all those things together in our music. It seems like you guys are, are doing it and you're staying grounded in doing it, which I personally, uh, respect a lot. Um, while maintaining that own groundedness, can I ask, like, what does pie in the sky, checkery sort of like look for y'all? So like, if you're dreaming bigger than, you know what I mean? You guys are like, the world is your oyster and you're about to take a scoop and dunk it in tartare and the red sauce. <laughs> and then you're about to go and then you're going to have a little champagne. You see where I'm going here. So yeah, what does that sort of, what does that sort of look like for y'all? <laughs> delicious Uh, (laughs) I guess like yeah I don't know it would it would be like being able to keep making what we want (laughs) um and staying 
com- like being comfortable in our lives, like not having to worry about where our next rent check is going to come from or anything like that. Um, and doing things that, that, uh, yeah, that keep us feeling like we're stretching ourselves creatively. And, um, we also really like working with other people too. So like always, always having opportunities to work with other people. I mean, it's, it's really, I don't know, in my mind, it's really small. Like I feel, I feel like I just want to keep making the things that we want and feeling comfortable and having the means to do that. Um, and if that happens, I'm really happy. (laughs) Yeah. I think we just want to, you know, keep being able, I mean, I think a dream is, you know, this is fun right now. We're not making, we're not recording our own music right now, but you know, more of getting to go make records in interesting places and, you know, I think also like one of the dreams we is not traveling. not not only to be able to like support ourselves, but to be able to like make records and like really proper properly pay everyone who you know working. pay all the people that we work with the right. Yeah, now. not that we don't do that now, but you know, like I think you know, just be able to sort of like really do it on that kind of scale and be able to, you know, of course, I think we'd love to be playing shows all over the world and for those clubs all to be packed and a dream that we have, especially like in the post COVID touring world is to kind of be able to get to a point where um, we like play a show in a city, but we like are in that city for a couple nights instead of night, like being able to kind of either do like multiple shows at in one town or, or just, you know, just kind of be able to like enjoy that kind of, constant movement because both of us love that and obviously miss it so much right now but it would be nice to just be able to dig in a little deeper and um and I think both of us are really excited about working more and more with film in the future so I know paying paying your people putting your people on that that honestly is pie in the sky checkery for me Cody. I feel like you identify I mean, when you can get beyond all ships rise with the tide and have everybody's sails just totally full and pushing, then, exactly. you know, that's golden. Yeah. Supporting yeah. the community, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, so origin stories, which we could honestly spend, you know, two days on. Let's talk about this. We obviously, listeners, uh, me, Cody, and uh, Seema and Macy all went to Whitney Young together. Oh, yeah. Um, and you guys met at Whitney Young. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we we met. Um, my brother is Macy's age too. And, yes, and we met, and you tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> like we're like an old married couple. You tell it better. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was I was in the musical. I was in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I think. Oh. Um, and a Dan uh, Winkler production. Dan, Dan, he told me that I had the energy of a chair. Forget. But yeah, so I was in. I was in that Dan Winkler production, and um, Seema's brother. Seema's brother was in the pit orchestra, um, and Seema came back to watch the play. I think because she was in her first year of college. Of college, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she came back to watch the musical. And then Liam was starting a band with some people and Seema was like, Liam, do you know about this person, Macy? Um, 
you should ask her to be in your band. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's a voice, Liam. There's a voice out there. You got to find this girl and put her in your band. That's so true. So you were, but Seema, you were behind the kids these days. Merge? Uh, no, I just I just lightly encouraged my <laughs> brother to go seek out Macy because she has a really okay. amazing, I didn't, I didn't a really amazing voice. But yeah, a I little know. bit. Yeah, and I knew I knew um, Seema's band, the audience, and I knew that she was making music that was like extremely cool. She was working at this amazing spot called Constellation, helping open that, which is like one of our home bases and. Mm-hmm. Of that's extremely near and dear to our hearts and mm-hmm. that's you know the, re- the rest is history the rest mm-hmm. is history and Seema you were at I'm remembering that you were at NYU mm-hmm. yeah I was at NYU so did did you get a chance to like do like the NYC music scene much while you were at school or not necessarily a little bit I mean I was definitely like playing I was playing I was doing songwriting and kind of doing the singer songwriter thing like Mm -hmm. around um and uh and recorded a bunch like did a bunch of um kind of DIY recording while I was there and played a lot of shows and I mean it, it feels very like I don't know almost like quaint in a way now like I would play like a lot you know sort of open mics and Mm -hmm. and it was just really sweet I was really into it I'd actually been doing a lot of open mics in Chicago since I was 14 because I happened to take no lessons next to a place that had like the main open mic in Chicago and so I just like begged my parents to let me stay there late every Monday night and so the kind of open mic singer songwriter scene was already a thing that I was a part of. And so I did some of that in New York, but I didn't, um, I didn't really like plunge into the New York scene at all, to be honest. Like I played a couple gigs, I sang in a couple bands, but it wasn't really till I got back to Chicago and, um, you know, started playing again with groups that I was in, but, uh, that I was just kind of putting more steam behind it. Um, just cause I was in school and I was really into being in school and into like, yeah, lots of stuff. So, you know, that sounds, you, you started saying, uh, open mics in New York and open mic Chicago. My, my hair stood on end because you took me back to my very early, uh, and not so distant pre COVID comedy days. Uh, and mm-hmm. it is, a really intimate kind of wholehearted commitment to be like, yo, I'm going to stay out all night on Monday so that I can talk to these 14 strangers, you know? Uh, And so listening to both your stories, I'm curious, was there ever any fear? Has there, is there ever now any fear into this wholehearted commitment to music and a music career? I mean, for both of you, it seems like at at such a young age, I feel like Macy, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you said you met Sima when you were already in the audience, but not the not the audience, but the band, the audience, right? And then yeah. uh, kids these days comes together, and you go to Sima, you go to school, you come back, you get into the scene, and you're just like fully sinking your teeth into this. And um, I think personally, at least, and, and Rachel and I have, have talked about being just terrified and re-traumatized by continued commitments to comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm always like, but there are a billion comics and a billion podcasts and so many voices and, and so many musicians and, and platforms. And it's like, I, I, is there any 
how do you feel just diving in like this? Where about, are we on that? About being an artist? Though? Yeah, like I guess yeah, that is yeah. the question. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got really wrapped up in asking the question because yeah. I started to sweat over here thinking about what I've done with my life. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I think that I I don't think there's any. I don't know. At least I haven't encountered any of my friends who like haven't had to weather a little bit of a crisis of like, do I need to make a big pivot? Right. Like everyone I think has sat, maybe sat themselves down and either cried and said, I need to make a big pivot or like, you know, should I be thinking about pivoting? Like is, Mm -hmm. you know, is this, is this just not sustainable, not for any reason of my own fault, but just because the world is super fucked and what, you know, what can I do about it? You know, like, uh, it's funny. I keep like revving myself up with ideas of things that I want to do. And then there's like this very real ceiling that you achieve, which is just, you can't be in a room in front of that many people. And, you know, definitely the pain of recognizing how important performing in front of an audience is, and that being the part that is missing, um, that hurts right now because I miss oh, yeah. it terribly. Um, but, um, but you know, there's always different pieces of it. Like you can just kind of the thing that the reason why you're doing it, I don't think goes away, even if what you're prioritizing or what you're putting the gas on at the moment, like might not be the thing that you can like revolve your whole life around. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm learning through playing music for a really long time and working in music since, like, I've been gigging since I was, like, 12 years old. Wow. Uh, and, like, just just realizing how much of a flexible thing it is. Like, like Seema said, you know, there's, like, so many components to it. You're not always going to be able to do the exact one that you want <laughs> at all times. Um, you know, for whatever reason. And it is like, yeah, it is, it is frustrating. And I think especially this year, it's, it's, you know, it's forced a lot of people to rethink a lot of things. And um, I've also like taught music and I quit teaching music for three years to do, you know, to do touring and then touring stopped. And now I'm like, okay. And now I'm back teaching again. And I still, and you know, just kind of like, I think a big part of it is also allowing yourself those moments to rest and go with the flow and like mm-hmm. figure out intuitively, like what do you need to be doing? Go with the flow. And yeah, I, I, I agree. It. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say also fight for it, you know, yeah. like you know, I, I mean, it's a, it's a push and pull of doing both of those absolutely. things. Absolutely. Because yeah. you, you know, there's so many times when you just right now, all of us have to accept this river that we're in, but like, you absolutely can fight for what you want and you have to fight for yourself sometimes and say, no, I'm fucking great. And, uh, like, no, this is what I need to be doing right now. Cody and Rachel keep fighting. (laughs) Thank you. I'm weeping over here in my little box. Um, (laughs) no, it's crazy. Seema, you mentioned like the sobering moment where you're like, do I need a pivot? And I'm like, Oh, you just, described every Tuesday afternoon for me like (laughs) that's in my calendar no it's true it is like what's that I don't know why that like that 
Southern Christian, like, let live and let God. But then also equal parts agency of like, wait, no, fuck the haters, the naysayers, the gatekeepers. I got a friggin' story to tell. Um, this is just a live reading of my journal, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I so that just that absolutely resonates. And I know it resonates for Cody, too, since we just talk about this for I mean, it's what the whole podcast is about um, yeah. is is that push and pull. Um, I'm curious about Chicago as like a part of Ohm's. I hate to say brand because that just like, makes me like want to dry heave. Yeah, yeah DNA. Yeah. That's bad. That's it. DNA. Like, do you guys feel like sh- being a Chicago you know, rock group is like integral to your identity as a group. Like how much do you feel? I know that you guys were very much active and probably are active in whatever way you can be in the Chicago scene, but like how much do you feel like staying in Chicago would necessarily be a a necessity? I mean, Chicago is so much a part of who we are in every way. And, um, I I don't know if we need to stay in Chicago. Both of us are very much rooted. Like our parents are here, our family's here, our friends are here. So I don't know. I feel like if I left Chicago, even, you know, to go do a thing or to work on a thing, it's not like abandoning a form of it, a form of it I could return to would always be here. So I, you know, I know some people who like have kind of come to Chicago, you know, little more transient and it might feel like a little bit less of a place, but I, I don't feel like it's ever a place that's not going to like have a space that we could fit into in some way. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that Chicago, like we talk about this a lot because the music scene in Chicago and just the creative scene in general, I think is very, um, it's very widespread, but tight knit. Like there's, there's a lot of different things going on and a lot of different things informing each other. And I think that that's like, that is a really big part of us and our community. Like we, we love Chicago because it feels like there are so many, there's so many different ways that you can spread out um, and so many amazing people to work with. And it, it never ceases to be inspiring. You know, like if you're, if you're going to see a show somewhere, you could see something different in the same venue, like every night, it's not the same type of music, not the same type of art. There's something different happening in these spaces all the time. Um, and I think that that really informs a lot of our like creativity and inspiration. Cause it feels like there's, there's always like an endless sea of things to, but, yeah. to listen for and work. There's so much overlap too. Like the same musicians are like playing like experimental jazz shows and like, mm-hmm. and classical shows and like hip hop and country shows. Like there's like same and yeah. you know, like rock shows and like, there's so much cross pollination. Well, it's like that those, is, those lines are like so blurred in Chicago yeah. too. Like, I don't think that they really, I mean, they, they definitely like, you can, you can definitely sort things in that way, but I think that, yeah, the cross pollination, like the crossover is so large that things start becoming this like, beautiful like nebulous hell yeah that is you know that that's so intriguing to me because i was gonna ask you guys this question just as musicians generally but now that you talk about the blurred line the cross-pollination in the chicago music scene specifically i'm even more curious i mean you're both classically trained 
in piano. You've worked on stage, off stage, top music, acoustics, productions, vocals, instruments. Like you know so much about music. And so I was going to ask, what is your experience like listening to music these days? Just you know, being a consumer. Is it an enjoyable experience? Are you constantly dissecting what you're hearing? It already sounds like you know you you get some inspiration from listening because I know, you know as a comic sometimes I'm sitting up watching a Netflix special and I'm just like damn how did they how do they do that wait oh what, how, why do they go that direction with that and it's like okay hey Cody right. Cody you're actually supposed to be laughing enjoy enjoy the jokes man <laughs> so what is that like for you all being such trained ears and talented creators to listen to music yeah I mean it's it's definitely I I think that we have learned to <laughs> we've learned to appreciate silence a lot actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I I would say that I sit in silence like a fair amount of my day. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, when I when when I am listening to music, I I do try to kind of balance that studying aspect out with just the enjoyment aspect. You know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll put on a new record and I'll be like, okay, this sounds awesome. All right, what did they do here? Like, why? Yeah. Like you were saying, Cody. Like, what? How did they achieve this? Like, why is this happening? You know. And then sometimes it's like, no, I want to listen to something. And I want to just like be in it, mm-hmm. be inside of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you kind of have to, I think that's, I'm learning that that's a thing that has to come from within myself also. I have to be like, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can enjoy this. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be on all the time mm-hmm. listening to it as work. Like, you love this thing. Therefore, you should let yourself love it sometimes. Right. Wow. So I think it's it's like constantly, like Sima said, being able to check for yourself. You know, you kind of have to find that balance. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta absorb some of that energy. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't watch a TV show without thinking about what the final draft document looks like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and why was not I in that room? Right. Um, it's true. Um, well, okay. So this is a question that we. Uh, always close out with and always ask all our guests, what do you guys want people checking for from you now? What do you, what, this is your moment to plug. What's, what's sort of like next from OM that people should be on the lookout for? We are, you know, we've been, um, what do you call that? What do they do with the chickens and the like? We have been incubating. There you go. Obviously, our record came out. So Fantasize Your Ghost, and we put out two other seven inches. Um, uh, and so first of all, people should be checking for us once we're able to do live shows again. And Hell yeah. because we can't wait to play that record, you know, and we're really proud of that record. And we want to give it like the proper life that it deserves. Um, so and, you know, like our music always evolves a ton once we start playing it live. It's different. Yeah. It's different. So than it is. we can't wait for that era, but, um, we've also been talking with a lot of other, you know, friends, collaborators, not just musicians, but like theater folks about, and, you know, dance choreography people, um, about doing more and more collaborations with them. We have a collaboration with this dance company Hubbard Street coming out in May and then we have another one that is very much early very and nascent very nascent and we're not going to talk about it but the point is we have we have big dreams I mean I think we're 
we've just been thinking about how much we want to like not only bring people music, but bring people a really just a wonderful, immersive experience that will just feel, you know, give that feeling that like an egg is, is cracked open and there's like so much to like putting, put, yeah, just richness, really taking, taking hold of the live performance to enjoy. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, both of us have been working on solo records too. Um, you know, and we're really excited about them. Macy's is yeah, I have one, I have one coming out in September. Okay. Hell yeah. And mine is coming out sometime. I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Uh, no need, no need to give a date. And you know, like lots of stuff. We've been keeping ourselves. Um, we have some really exciting projects coming up, but um, yeah, I guess we just can't wait to be back sharing space with people. And yeah. obviously, we're not trying to rush that process, but. We really look forward to it. The day that it. that comes will be the most relieving day. I don't know. I'm going to cry <laughs> the whole time. But. Yeah, we might yeah. not do yeah. Like, we'll be on stage and we might just cry. That's the yeah. That's the show. I, I played a show this summer at, like, an outdoor venue with, like, everyone's space, like, 15 feet apart. And, you know, it was, like, a very very COVID distant outdoor thing. And I thought like, Oh, you know, I'll probably like shed a, shed a tear. You know, I thought it'd be kind of a, yeah, I was, I was anticipating maybe getting a little emotional. I like full out sobbed on stage (laughs) in front of the microphone, just like like, heaving sobs. I had to like, like, I thought I would just, you know, I could like wipe a, wipe a, I was like crying. I had to turn around and like compose myself. It's not the movie One Tear. No, it was not. No. It was not ugly. It was not beautiful crying. <laughs> Yeah. That you know, that is a splash of wa- a splash of water to your face. <laughs> right. So that's that's what that is. Yeah. Um well, I know that I look forward to seeing you guys IRL when the opportunity comes. I'm gonna bring my mom because I feel like she would like your stuff too. Yeah. Mommy daughter date. Um well, you guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been so great chatting with you guys. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. This has been Ohm. And remember, fantasize your ghosts, stream it till they get back outside. Listeners, we appreciate you so much. And it's time for us to do. Checking for me, checking for me. Checking for me. Checking for me.